The root of the word virtue contains the Latin word vir, or man, because the essence of the idea is that a virtuous person is a full, complete, mature person. When we are seeking organization, underneath it all, if we are doing it out of a sense of responsibility rather than vanity, I think we are really seeking virtue. We were created whole and perfect, and we have an innate desire to seek that which has been lost. Growing in organization can indeed be a tool toward growing in virtue, toward growing in sanctification or becoming more Christ-like, because the better we steward the resources we've been given, including time, our house, our children, our manifold material blessings, the better service will be to others. The more I am master of myself and my stuff, the more of me will be free to pursue whatever callings and opportunities God sends. Organization is a matter of discipline, and discipline is self-control, a fruit of the Spirit. By Misty Winkler. Here in episode 17 of season one of Bright Hearth Podcast, we're going to be talking about one of the most important resources that you have at your disposal and how to manage it effectively, what it's for, and then very practically how you can shepherd this resource to have maximum effect in your life. This is one of the greatest gifts that God gives you, and it's a gift that once it's gone, it's gone, and you're not promised more of it even tomorrow. And the gift I'm talking about, the resource that I'm talking about, is your time. Time management is possibly the management of your most important resource. In James 4.14, we read, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. So here, as we walk through the rooms of the house in this first season of Bright Hearth, asking how each room in the house can serve the kingdom of God and serve the, the people that we've been given, uh, recovering the lost arts of, of the productive Christian household, domesticity, and homemaking, we're talking about organizing and managing your time here in the office. We've just spent a few episodes talking about money and financial management. Now we're going to talk about time management. And I know that this sounds mega boring, maybe, <laughs> and banal <laughs> to, to you. Like, when I hear people say, would you like to listen to a podcast on time management? I'd be like, yep, I would. Does it have any Sasquatch <laughs> stories in it? <laughs> no, uh, but it, it really is. It's very important. Lexi obviously would because she understands how important this is. I think this may be one of the top five most important parts of reclaiming the productive Christian household. I want to manage my time well in order to listen to the Sasquatch podcast. That's right, actually, exactly. <laughs> Not constantly harried and behind. So in this episode, we'll be talking about why, really the why of managing this resource, including what happens if you don't. We'll be talking about the different parts and components that go into mastering this skill, the different parts of time management to be thinking about. And then we'll be talking about how we go about it and how you might get started in managing your time. Some of you are experts and old season pros. Some of you are maybe just getting married and just thinking about this. Um, but either way, we hope that this can be helpful to you. So Lexi, um, I figured it might be helpful for us to start with just this question of why manage your time? What happens if you don't manage your time well? I think that opener that where Missy was kind of pointing out that if if we are 
mastering these things, one of those things being our time, it means we can be free for the opportunities God puts before us. But if we're constantly enslaved to our time because we're not doing our duties or we're always behind or we're always being lazy, you're not going to be prepared for the for the service that God could call you to or bless you with. Or, or you just might, by default of sinning, you just might not have as much joy in your work because you constantly feel exhausted. Yeah. I, I know that in my own life, when and in my own work even, pastoral work and, and my main vocational work, I am most at peace and the least anxious when I know I'm on top of things, I know what's coming next, I'm prepared for what's coming next, I've been thinking about it, I have my sermon ready to go on a Sunday morning, I'm not like worried about it, and so, some weeks that hasn't happened, and I'm, you know, those are anxious weeks when I'm waking up going, man, this sermon is not where it really needs to be, or some other big task isn't quite where it needs to be. And so for me, it's like, I'm, I imagine time management and resource management, some of this office work that we're talking about in general, I, I imagine kind of like a, I'm a man, so I imagine a battlefield with troops. And I, I imagine a general who just did not deploy his troops. He was like, I'm, you know, we're all here. <laughs> all the troops are here on the field, but I'm just going to go sit in my tent and, you know, read my book. All the tr- They'll figure it out. And the troops are just wandering around. They're engaging the enemy here and there. But a lot of them are actually not going to be properly engaged. They're, they're going to be sitting on their hands. So your time is like that. You have this gift that God's given you. And, and by the way, we're not saying every second of your, of your life should be filled with work. No, no. Of course no, not. No, no. Absolutely In not. In fact, if you manage your time properly, that will not be the case. Oh, yeah. It's a very important point to understand. But if you, if you don't deploy your minutes and your hours and your weeks and your months and your years, you'll just be harried, 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 and then you'll look back and you'll be like, wow, I've gotten very little done. <laughs> like, what, what did I do with all the time that was given to me? In fact, this is one of the themes that, that runs through the scriptures quite a bit. It is like this, the tragedy of not understanding what a gift your time is. And so when you don't use it well, you look back with despair, like Proverbs 10, verse 5. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepest in harvest is a son that causes shame. Why is that? Well, because there is a time when if you're if you know your stuff, if you've planned well, you know that the work is now, so that then you can sleep well. But the son who sleeps through the harvest, later, no matter how how much work he'll do, you have to do three times as much work in order to feed his family because he didn't work at the time that he ought to have. So why I think that's some good why manage your time. What about Lexi? How is time management related to managing your attitude? How do those two interact with one another? I mean, I, I do think there's physiological stuff involved in terms of if you have a messy house or if you have a really long to-do list or if you didn't get a lot of sleep last night and there's no plan. I think there's actual things going on in your brain that are causing you to be more stressed out and snap easily. Yeah. I'm not saying that's an excuse, but I do think it is something for us as moms to really be aware of. And if if we really want to fight sin with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, one of those things includes going to bed early and making mm. a to-do list. And I just, 
I, so, cause you kind of have both sides where it's like, oh, that's not true. A messy house. You need to just be self-controlled and it's true. You do need to be self-controlled. Yeah. You need to have a self-controlled attitude, even if your house is a complete wreck, but it's also part of our creatureliness to just understand these are help. Self-discipline is a gift to us. Self-control is a gift to us from the Holy Spirit because it actually blesses us. And I think that is a way that it can bless us is by being more proactive, prepared, and present for the people that you're with, which yeah. that's the whole point of this for me, is being present with the people so I'm not distracted by my to-do list. Yeah, in, in Proverbs 31, an excellent wife who can find, she's far more precious than jewels, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Now, one of the key components, a few verses later, I mean, and think about Proverbs 31. There's not endless things. I mean, it is not necessarily a very long list, and it's describing this kind of omni-virtuous woman. One of the things that is mentioned is that she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her handmaidens, or for her maidens. This is a woman who uh, has thought ahead. She's managing her time. She's using her hours, and she's doing uh, her people good. She's loving her, and she's fulfilling the law as a way that we could talk about this. She's loving her neighbor, loving her God. I think one thing that we've found is that managing your time and your resources is one of the best ways to make managing your attitude easier. It doesn't do all the work for you. Like you can you can be really organized and very grumpy. Oh yeah. <laughs> totally yeah. possible. Yeah. But if you find yourself anxious all the time and like your husband tries to flirt with you and you're just like snapping at him cuz you don't have time to flirt. You've got to fix dinner <laughs> and there's kids that need stuff and like when somebody interrupts your day and has a need in the church or something, your your kids interrupt you. Whatever it is, you're angry at them. One thing you might consider is could I make this easier on myself by giving myself space, planning ahead, managing my time better so that the organizing of my attitude actually is maybe a little bit easier to do? Well, and I think you have the flip side of that also where women are not clear about what their first roles are. So they're saying yes to everything. They're saying yes to all of the interruptions. Yeah. And so they're allowing those little interruptions to be a tyrant on their schedule instead of allowing room for the most important things mm. and kind of ordering their vocations. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And even under our, our last heading, the practical side, I do want to talk more about that, about actually, we've done this before, where we're, when we're thinking about something practical, it's actually good to start in the theory and remember what you're for, what you're aiming at, so that when you get practical, you're reverse engineering your day and your resources, yeah. and the details to actually hit the right target. Yeah. Because, for example, I mean, if you if you make the calendar the god, mm -hmm. and you're like, the 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 god we worship is the calendar. It's time management. Well, then you're going to be sacrificing your children to the god of the calendar. Yeah. And yeah. and that's the worst of all. So yeah. Let Let's move on. I think that's good. Why Why manage your time? What happens if you don't manage your time? You're going to be anxious. You're going to make it harder on yourself to have a good attitude. You're going to make it harder on yourself to, to be interrupted. Yeah, I want to make a comment here, yeah, and I ahead. wish I could remember it fully, but James B. Jordan has a lecture on Christian history, and I remember him talking in there about how our modern view of wanting to be spontaneous with our time is an immature view of time as a Christian. 
Interesting. We should be growing into stewardship of that. And he had, I can't remember, he was looking at the ancient cultures and he obviously is a genius, but he was just kind of showing like the pagan cultures were the ones that had a spontaneous view of time. The Christians were the one that saw it that it, as it was filled with purpose every single moment. And that was just really interesting to me because you, you know, as I've counseled women in this area, some of them will say, well, I'm just spontaneous. And it's funny because I I really feel like the way I schedule my time allows me to be more spontaneous. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> because I know I have systems in place to wake up one day and say, hey, guess what? I'm going to the hot springs for the day with the kids. Yeah. I have dinner prepared already because I've prepared in these ways. Yeah. So we're going to go out fun today. And I don't have to be stressed out about it. Yeah, you're you know? not just so, saying, well, we're juggling all the balls, but today we're just going to let them all hit the ground and go do whatever. Yeah. It's like, yes. no, you, you, you've planned no, ahead. No, correct. My duties are getting done in order for right. me to be spontaneous instead of being spontaneous at the expense of my duties and my family. And, and this is the tendency of human beings if they're trying to be spontaneous. What that actually ends up being is you're just falling in ruts. Yeah. The human heart yeah. will just fall into these familiar patterns of doing the easiest thing. The human heart will follow the path of least resistance. And, and the self-mastered man or the self-ruled man or woman is the man or woman who says, I'm going to set the course with the steering wheel. I'm mm -hmm. not going to let my tires just get pulled into this rut of the path of yeah. least resistance because you're not going to end up climbing the mountain. You're not going to end up getting where you want to go. Yeah. You're just going to go where that rut takes you. And so, I mean, I'm thinking of like time management ruts. If you don't manage your time well, you're going to fall into things like just lazing about, doing the easiest thing. All of a sudden, you're just like, well, I watch television and I do whatever and I don't. And pretty soon those books don't get read. The 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 work that you need to get ahead for the next and season doesn't the, get done. And the done. thing is, when when I think of people who get into those ruts, they say they're tired and they genuinely are tired, but it's because yeah. they've never caught any sort of momentum from... It takes a little bit of faithfulness to work to gain momentum. Totally. And so if, if that's what you're like, I'm just tired. I don't know how this is going to work. It takes... Well, I don't know. Missy talks about it. I think it takes like at least two weeks to start a new, a new any sort of synapse in your brain for a new habit. Yeah. Um, but I think they say in the long end, like 60 days. So, and that's just physical. God made the world that way. That's not like weird voodoo science. Well, God made the world that way. It's like an obese man who tr goes and tries to play a soccer game with some fit young men is going to be tired. Yeah. 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 But if he yeah. goes and he sticks with it and he does, he lifts weights and gets working and loses the weight and gets fit. Well, then he's not going to be as tired, and he's going to he's going to be able to do ten times the distance with half the fatigue, and that's the point: is that God has designed us to actually thrive under resistance. Yes, yep. Where we run into that resistance and we do the work, He has not designed us to thrive in ruts and in the path of least resistance. So we're supposed to be active. We're supposed to be, you know, fighting the current. That's good for us. That's yeah. actually a part of. Even in, I'm convinced that's that's a pre-fall thing. Like even yeah. when Adam worked, it wasn't that just because the curse involved you'll eat you know the bread by the sweat of your brow and there'll be thorns and thistles. There'll be futility in his work after the fall, but there wasn't it. There wasn't just complete ease in his work before that. He would have applied himself. There would have been real work happening, but mm -hmm. he would be strong. So anyway, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. 
getting moving into the next leg down on the practical side, maybe let's talk about what are some of the the constituent parts of managing time and resources. And, and what I mean by this is like when we say time management, what kind of components are we talking about? And and I really I'll give you some examples and then I'm sure things will come to mind. I'm thinking like that when we say time re, time management, we're talking about things like managing food preparation, money, bills, making sure recreation is happening. You mean like things. what sort of what sort of categories should yeah. people be thinking in terms of? What are of? we thinking okay. of when we're managing our time? Like what are the buckets that we're trying to make sure get the you know, I think about oh, I'll give you an example. I give, like when I think about time management, I'm thinking about, okay, I have these five things I need to get done. Time management is figuring out how many minutes I need to put into each bucket to get it done and when. Okay. So what kind of things should people be thinking about when they're thinking about time management? What are some things well, they could just start putting on a list of like things in my life that so need to be So I don't managed? think about it in terms of tasks or mm-hmm. projects. I think about it in terms of vocations. And that's good. So instead of saying how much time am I putting towards sex, there's a simple one on there. Yeah. Am I like getting up? Am I getting enough rest so I'm Frisky. happy at night? <laughs> <laughs> Frisky post 7.30. Um, am I... Do I need to go out and buy a new dress? Do I need to like go get a haircut? So then I would think in terms of, okay, do I need to put more time? If our sex life is lacking, that means I should be pulling away from other buckets and be putting more into my wife vocation. Yeah. Okay. So I, and the reason I do it this way is because I am tempted to always over schedule. Mm -hmm. So I only have five buckets that everything gets into for me. And I start from Christian, then wife, mom. Mm-hmm. I think I have daughter on there also because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, honoring your mom, mother yeah, and father. Yeah, yeah. So, but what's helpful is then I don't worry about, I don't worry about Bright Hearth on there. I right. don't worry about a lot of the extra things because what I do is I then go look through that and kind of set goals for each of those buckets. Mm-hmm. And I build my schedule around those goals. And then, then if I have anything left over, then the other stuff gets done. But if not, yeah. you can see quickly how robust that schedule can be with just five vocations that you're focusing on. Yeah, that's good. So that that's a similar way to some of my notes organization when I'm, you know, I want to have buckets in my life that are ready to capture thoughts or ideas or mm-hmm. things I need to do. And so, you know, some of my notes are organized around my vocations. Like, yeah. I'm a pastor, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a, you know, all those vocations. I think that can be really helpful. What you'll find is that everybody's wired a little bit differently. And so some what what a lot of us want is like a one-size-fits-all time management system that's going to work for every single person. And instead, what you'll find is that you, you'll you'll take some good tips and counsel and practical advice, and then you'll figure out what yeah. works best for you. I know you have some thoughts I on do that. think it's important, though, to do something vocationally, and this mm-hmm. is why. It's because with women, there. I mean, I have friends, I won't name them by name, who have gone through this vocationally and realized I am neglecting the actual jobs God has given me. The most important things. In favor of other jobs. So 
whether or not that's how you actually organize your tasks and projects is the words I like to use. Yeah. You need to figure out what your first vocations are that God has put on your plate and figure out if you're giving those enough time or not. Yeah. So if you're a if you're a woman and the uh, homemaker, the the most common situation, I'll go through a man too. But if you're a if you're a homemaker, let's say you're married and you have children. A lot of a lot of our listeners are married and have young children. So what we're talking about is Maybe start out with a list, get a notepad in front of you, get a computer, whatever you, if you're a digital or if you're analog soul like Lexi is, maybe get there's a quill. There's lots of them out there. I'm, I'm hearing. What I'm you, hearing there's lots of them What do you write there. on? Do you use a quill? <laughs> do you make your own ink? Mm-mm. You don't? You don't harvest it from like no. some choke cherries Mm-mm. or something? Thought, nope. You don't like use charcoal that you <laughs> from the fire of your candles at night? No. Anything like that? Okay. <laughs> Whether you're an analog or a digital soul, get your notepad in front of you and and start listing out your your central vocations. Okay, I am a wife. I am a mother. I am a, you know, go through and list out your vocations. And what you're going to find when you start putting, okay, this this task, these tasks that I do fit under this vocation, it's really a lot easier all of a sudden to realize like, wow, I've been spending way too much time doing extracurricular. Maybe it's church stuff. Maybe it's like Bible studies and all kinds of, and you're like, but I'm absolutely neglecting this this more important role yeah. of wife. I'm at women's Bible study every single Tuesday. Yeah. We're at church every Wednesday night, but the floor hasn't been cleaned in three months. Yeah, like, and the, There's an issue there. The kids' clothes are falling apart, and I haven't made time to go like plan and get <laughs> yeah. that out. You know, and as a man, you can think like, what's my vocation? All right, I do this job. I'm also a household manager in a sense of like my wife is a household manager in a sense, but I'm also like in charge of maintaining this property and making sure that yeah. it's, that things are working, making sure I've, I'm a provider, that I'm providing the money and the resources my wife needs, that I'm asking her, do you have everything you need to do your job? You know, I'm a father. Am I taking time to pour into my kids and, and especially particular kids? Like um, recently... I just took two of the older boys backpacking. And it's one of those things that I'm always like, yeah, I need to do that. I need to do that. And then half the summer goes by. And unless I actually take the time and allocate days to it and say, these days in three weeks, I'm going to do this. Yeah. It's just so easy for that time to slip by. Birthdays, holidays. I think too, this helps you be realistic. I was, again, counseling a gal at church that was just, the Lord has given their family a lot of, you know, chronically ill people. And she was just feeling a little frustrating and despairing of it. And I, I, I reminded her like, just so you know, it is enough if all you're doing is taking care of your, your own family. Right. Don't feel like you have to be cooking meals for everyone in the church. And also maybe start thinking, and and I don't mean this like one of those weird trauma language type things, but I told her like, you are a mom of chronically ill children Mm -hmm. and your schedule needs to reflect that Yeah, (laughs) because you'll probably be more realistic about what you can get done if you do that. And, you know, there's other times where I no longer have teacher on my vocation list anymore because I'm not teaching. But when I did that, there was a lot less I was doing at church. Yeah. So yeah, it's the seasons of different vocations can change too. Even even some of the things that can be sources of tension but are necessary in growing as a man and a woman, like, and I'm thinking of specifically, if you're a man, you should have male friends mm-hmm. who actually know you. 
And you should be in all male environments, at least some of the time, where you're doing things that men only do when they're in all male environments. Like, you shouldn't just be spending all of your time with your wife and your kids for the sake of your wife and your kids. Because to be a well-rounded, strong man, you need to be surrounded by competent men who are sharpening you, who are, you know, have access to your life, just friendship. And one of the things that can really help with removing some of the tension from things like, oh, we're doing, you know, you know, hanging out with my, you know, your guys, like I hang out with some guys sometimes. Well, if I, if we're managing our time well, my wife knows about that ahead of time. She's glad it's on the schedule. She knows when that day comes, like, oh, my husband's going to go and he's going to do this with these uh, men. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm happy, I'm not blindsided by it. It's not like every day at 5 p.m. I say, oh, by the way, I'm not coming home for dinner. I'm hanging out with the boys, you know, but it's, it's scheduled in. We're going to do actually, um, if you haven't already on our Patreon, we do a patron exclusive episode every week after we record this. And in this week's episode, we explain how we manage our six week rolling calendar and then we actually do it and like we just yeah, plan we it on mic, which is funny if you want to hear how we actually do our rolling six week plan there. So that is one important way that you can begin to think about getting practical on this is thinking through your vocations. Think, what do I know I have to do? Like, <laughs> and the way you do that is like, what did God tell me I have to do as a man? If I don't provide for my family, I've denied the faith. Okay, so I definitely want to not check the box of worse than an unbeliever on my life. So I'm going to make sure I do that. Like, I'm a father. That means that God has told me, Deuteronomy 6, Ephesians 6, go read those two chapters. Men, go put that on your list. I'm a husband. Go read Ephesians 5. Go read 1 Peter 3. You know, you can go through and figure out what God has told you. I'm not talking about, like, making this up. I'm actually talking about discovering these vocations in the text of Scripture and then you have a good starting point to reverse engineer your time management. So you're like not giving 10% of your time to something that really God would have you give 30% of your time to. Or that you're not giving, you know, that you're, it's easy to do like the one of the time management issues we brought up is that you think time management just means filling every minute with work. But actually you'd yeah, be no. sinning. Yeah. And I think I've never been the person that can be like, scheduling out five chunks five minute chunks of time oh, throughout no. the whole day i'm more of like i know this is what i do in this three hours then the next three hours then the next three hours and that's yeah. that's yeah. more the flow of my day if you will yeah so I, yeah please do not think i have some sort yeah <laughs> and then you can start thinking through like mm -hmm. okay i've got food i've got money bills recreation yeah time with male friends for the ladies time with ladies um, church things? Am I participating in serving my church? Could my church be served with some of my time? Yeah. Even if it's an hour a week, is there something I could be doing? Hospitality? Am I bringing people into the home and serving them and feeding people? Work, vocation, sex, marriage. Again, like one of the, we talked about the, the flesh will just fall into the path of least resistance. It's funny, but even in a thing like a marriage, you'd think that the flesh, like that you're, you're, you would just start doing if you were if you weren't managing your time, you would just like do whatever you want all the time, and so you'd be having like lots of sex and all this. You'd you know, but that's not actually the case. Yeah, it's the opposite. You'll be watching a lot of TV and you'll be doing a lot of things like that. You have to proactively plan things like pouring into kids one on one, taking time to, you know, make sure that I have five kids. Some of you have lots of kids. 
Are you setting aside time to know them and and help them and love them and work with them? Holidays, birthdays, anniversaries, like these are all things that will fall into place on your list once you know your vocation. So let's move into this last bucket for the episode today, which is talking about how to actually go about managing your time and thoughtfully deploying your time to reach those vocations well. And I'm thinking like maybe thinking on the level of a year, a month, weeks, day kind of levels, and just helping the listeners practically, you know, even if it's just get a snapshot about how we think about this and how we we found helpful. Okay, so the way I do it, like I've already said, is vocations. Every six weeks, I'm making a goal for those vocations. Mm -hmm. Some of them I might be struggling in more than others. So some of them, the goal or habit, which those are two different things. A goal is an actual project you want to accomplish. A habit is just a habit you're trying to work on in that area. I kind of revisit those every six weeks. So that is how I'm making forward movement in large projects, but with plotting Mm -hmm. chunks of time, if that makes sense. So let me see. So an example might be, so the task of being a homemaker right now, for me, I'm trying to take dominion by getting more tools in place in the house to help very disorganized parts of the home be more functional and organized. So a lot of my time right now is either going to the store to buy to make the decision to buy an item, to come home, to implement it in the home, to organize the drawer, to vacuum out the drawer. That takes a lot of time yeah. in an already busy schedule. So that's what I would recommend is like, that's why I do say go the vocation route because then you can make goals for each of those. And if you if you know, let's see. So we know Christians are supposed to be hospitable. So say you haven't had anyone over since 1999, what is your goal going to be the next six weeks? Yeah, It might be learn a few meals for a full, you know, a full table of people and invite one over, one family over in the next six weeks. And then the next six weeks after that, you can evaluate because you don't, you don't want to be making, if you're going for this next year, I'm going to be more hospitable. That's not actionable enough. You want it to be yeah. small enough tasks and small enough chunks of time that you're actually doing something. And if it's too big of a chunk of time, you're not going to feel the pressure of two months like you will in six weeks. It's just different. You know, it's coming quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then basically what I do from there is every, that six, those six week goals that I've set, I am breaking those projects up into small tasks and each of those tasks is getting assigned to a week in the next six weeks. And that's how I'm getting stuff done. Mm, okay. So, yeah. and then I fill it in with all the other stuff that I know I have to do. I know I have to do laundry. I know I have to clean the bathrooms. I know I have to cook dinner. So that's that's more of like the big, I'm, I don't need to control, I know to get the little details done. It's the bigger stuff that I get stressed out about yeah, that yeah. I think about too much that I'm up at night worrying about that I am not talking to the kids during the day because I'm distracted in my head trying to remember things. So those are the things I want out on a piece of paper mm, yeah. so they're not in my head so I don't have to remember them. The paper can do it for me but I can still plod very 
much so. Yeah, and it's like, think about how powerful it would be if, you know, some of you are struggling with time management and you have a lot of things that you'd really like to get done. How powerful would it be in your life if you knew that over the next year, the next 365 days, 52 weeks, you were going to accomplish in a very manageable pace, eight to 10 projects? Yeah. Yeah. It adds up. That's how many you'll get through in a year. It really does. And this is how I've tackled stuff like, like the different how I started learning about herbs and then I started learning about homeopathy and then I started learning about oils and then I started learning about nutrition. That's part of how I tackle that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it keeps me from feeling like, oh, I just got this cool new herb book in the mail. I'm going to drop everything and read it today. Yeah. All day. That I don't do that because I know I have more structured time in place. And another thing I wanted to say is, so I still struggle with like holidays and birthdays. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably because our kids most of them are in the same yeah, like they two all months. Fall. So I Missy always recommended that we take notes on our interval so that when we revisit that interval the next year, yeah. we can know what went good, what didn't go good. Should I have moved this earlier in the year? Should I have made yeah. it later? So something I started doing a few years ago was instead of planning for Christmas in December, I planned for Christmas in October. Yeah. <laughs> so genius. So that you can so you see and really guys I nerd out over this, but you should just all go take Misty's classes. Over yeah, we, I know convivial. we've mentioned it. It's simply convivial. We'll, we'll have a link in the in the show notes here, but yeah. it's uh, really helpful. And what I like about it is also that, well, I like that it's made my wife very organized and helped her, and she serves us really well, but also that from what I understand, a lot of different type of people can take this class yeah, that's why and I, all be helped by it. That's why I hesitate with sharing some of this because this this is just my take on the mm-hmm. tools that yeah. Misty has recommended. So, yeah. Yeah, it can be... You, you're going to land the plane in your household differently. You're going to have different age because yeah. it's going to look different. At, this has worked really well for us, though, this six-week yeah. interval that we're planning. And you can see that when you start putting together those different times... I think about it maybe a little bit differently, but since we land in this six-week interval, we both of our different personalities and methods get brought to a point of application and practical application and implementation to where even though we're different people who think differently about time and have different levels of organization, uh, and I'm laughing? less, because I'm I'm not as type A as you about. Have you seen my spice drawers? Organization. Your spice drawers are very not type A. But <laughs> <laughs> see, we're type A. We're we're organized about different things. Oh, like man. if the spice drawers were my domain, they would look different. But if the calendar was my domain, which Lexi's the one who makes sure we're getting this the interval done. Spice and, drawers look the way they do because I value children in my kitchen using the spice, spice jars more than I value a clean. And because we're different people. Yeah, I know. It's true. It's really true. (laughs) We're different people. It's not just the environment. It's also that we're just different people. We have, we, so we each know our tasks and we go about them. But what I'm getting at is that this interval, having something like this is so essential when you're talking about time management, because otherwise you'll be perpetually frustrated that your spouse doesn't automatically think like you. Oh yeah, that's so they're that's not true. going. They're not going. Of course, it's fine for me to just go do this thing. Like I need to hang out with my guy friends, and you actually do. Like you really do need to do that. But you need to also understand what your wife is like and what serves her in in doing that. And your wife needs to understand, like my wife understands, that left to my own devices, there are lots of things that I will forget mm-hmm. in the calendar level. Yeah. And so the fact that she knows that 
took responsibility in, in as a Titus II household manager, which is her job description, one of her vocations, and said, our house needs a calendar. How, how is this going to work best for us? Okay, I need to make sure that Brian and I get together every six weeks. We go over this. I know what's on his calendar. He knows what's on mine. And that kind of equalizes some of the differentness of a man and a woman and different personalities. So 101, you got to make sure you and your spouse are getting on the same page about time management. Yeah, and ori- I think it's really important for wives to orient their schedule around their husband's work. Yeah, that's the first thing you ask me. You helping intervals. him with his work is one of the biggest missions of your time that God has given you as a yeah, wife. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. And so my wife helps me both she doesn't just help me with house stuff. She helps me with my vocation management cuz cuz it all bleeds together. My house and vocation are very enmeshed in pastoral ministry. Part of being a pastor is managing your household. So obviously they're connected in hospitality and things like that. But but step 1 after you've done that macro work of understanding what your household is for, what you're trying to aim for, what God has given you in terms of vocations. So you're not inventing it. Mm-mm. You're not getting creative and being like, I think I am an artist. <laughs> like, well, okay, let's figure out where that could fit in. If you want to learn a, the, an art or you want to learn decorating, you want to learn painting, maybe that could fit in. But let's first put it in the triage and in the list of vocations that God has given me, then you can start thinking very practically about what is going to be our planning interval with my spouse, how are we going to think about how to plan a year, how to plan that month or six week, how to plan the week, and how to plan the day. How, have you already said how you plan your week? I don't know. I kind of get Talk confused. about that a little bit. Because you, what you, have, you have the interval, and then, yeah. you, then you have your week plan, and then you have mm-hmm. your day plan. Explain yeah. how those three work together. So I said that with my six weeks, I focus on goals and yeah. habits. So I have a section on my weekly plan, on my dashboard is what I call it, that has my habits. So there's five yeah. bubbles representing Monday through Friday. And they're just essentially reminders. Like you you have to work the plan. You have to at least look at the plan for it to work. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of an example. Oh, so smiling. Smiling when your husband comes home from work. When you're revisiting... Has that been one of your habits? I don't know, actually. Misty's really big on smiling. I like that habit. That's a good Misty's one. Big Put on that smiling. on your list, ladies. No, I, I mean... I, it's a good I, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you can look and see, like, I have not been working on that habit today. Mm-hmm. And she has more tools on if you're really struggling with that habit, let's make a smaller plan for that habit then. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to go that in-depth here. But, um, or some other habits that I've been really working on, you guys are thinking I'm the laziest mom in the world, like just keeping my kids' teeth brushed. That's been on my bu- <laughs> no, my habit tracker for years now, mm-hmm. just to remind me, like, get in the habit. They need to brush their teeth. Yeah. If you're struggling with your Bible reading in the morning, you could have a bubble for that. If you are, if you just want to get a five-minute in five minute walk-in every day, you could have a bubble for that. So I have a habit section, and then I have an actual weekly calendar section. That yeah is where that catches all my goals, my projects, and my tasks. Yeah. So I see at a glance Monday through Saturday. I don't plan anything on Sundays at all. And even Saturday. Saturday is our day off, but I, I keep it on there just just to have it so I know if we are leaving the house for something. Yeah. So then I know 
what the different things are each day of the week, or I can see which days are empty. We're not going to be out of the house. We don't have things at night. So that's where I can plug in my extra projects and tasks. But if you don't ever have an at a glance, you don't know when you're going to fit that in. And you don't know realistically if you can fit it in. Yeah. (laughs) And then you take that week. Yeah. And then the night before. I look at the next day. You make a day and you put that Mm -hmm. on what? Oh, on an index card. Index card. Yeah. So then I I break it up between a.m. and p.m. And I just put my day on there. And as things come to mind, instead of trying to remember everything, your brain is not for holding on to information. Mm -mm. It is to process and do something with that information. So as things are coming to mind that I'm remembering I need to do on X day, I'll just wander over to my dashboard real quick and I'll write it down. That's it. And I forget about it. I don't have to keep stressing about it all day. So You're being your own secretary. Correct. You're giving yourself a place where you can assign future me to do this thing so I don't have to remember Mm -hmm. it or worry about it or, you know, let it slip through the cracks. So again, very practically, get a touch point with your spouse. Make sure you understand your vocations that God has given you. Think about them in terms of in a year, what do I want to have done? Take those things you want to have done in a year, those habits and projects, start plugging them into your interval, into your your period where you're getting together, you're going over your calendar together, make it actionable, take it down to the level of a week. What do I need to do this week? Put it on some kind of, whether it's an app to doist or it's like paper or calendar, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever works for you, put it down. And then the day is so, I hardly ever see you do this. When do you do the note card, the index card? Um... I feel like I don't ever see you write it, but I always see it on the counter. Well, the thing is, I'm kind of filling it out throughout the day as I'm remembering things in the morning before you guys get up. I do make sure I have it up to date, but I'm trying to, yeah, I think I just kind of fill it out through the day. Yeah, I probably, I, I it's bet, not all at once. I bet it's when I'm wrapping up all my work in yeah. late morning is when I'm thinking, okay, what do I need to start preparing for tomorrow? For yeah. breakfast tomorrow specifically. Yeah. So I'll fill it out then typically. Yeah. And what other food needs to be pulled out like today? We have Psalm Sing tomorrow. So I was thinking late afternoon, like, okay, I looked at the card. I saw we had Psalm Sing. So I knew to pull out meat. I knew to yep. get the other ingredients together, stuff like that. So yeah, it's kind of an all day affair. Yeah, totally. No, that's that's helpful because it, it does give you that place to offload it. Yeah, it's just a place yeah. to hold your thoughts. So guys, of. I guarantee you, if you struggle with this and you just take literally the 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 bare bones skeleton we've given you in this episode and you just start implementing some of these things on a high level mm-hmm. and you're diligent about doing them like you said you can't just make this plan you have to work the plan you have to make sure you're looking at the tasks and Missy listens to this she's going to be so proud to hear you say work the plan See, it's, it's literally ha- like on all of her banners place like yeah. work the plan <laughs> i have these mystyisms in myself through lexi that and i've never taken the class i know you it's kind of like, funny yeah anyway misty and i were in the same class at nsa online mm-hmm. this distance on classical christian education but i've never done any of misty's stuff i just got it by osmosis through lexi i actually had a conversation with her recently about the books she would recommend for men and she had recommended that one that you and I both read by Kevin DeYoung, Just Do Something. Just Do Something is a good book. Yeah, but then... I also think in terms of non-Christians, there's a book called Atomic Habits. She loves Atomic Habits. Which is supposedly... I haven't read it. My, my buddy Eric's read it. But I hear that it's very helpful in establishing, new, like you've talked about, new habits. Just like the, the actual psychology of making new habits. 
yeah, is helpful. The, the thing that I liked about Misty is I find this type of literature dirt, dirt boring. Is that the it's word? like watching paint dry? Yeah, it's so boring to me. But to yeah. have Misty read them all and then like just to translate it. them into a Christian, beautiful Christian vision for time that yeah. I could finally get behind, I was like, okay, that will help me. But I I was not about to spend my time reading all of these. Yeah. Books. Yes. There was another one she told me about too. I wish I forget. That's okay. Uh, that's okay. So, guys, we're gonna wrap it up here, but. Uh, like I said, sign up for the Patreon. It supports the channel, helps us pay for our sound editing and uh, for our time here to make this part of our own productive home. And as a part of that, we we want to make it helpful to you. So we do these weekly, sometimes they're 15 minutes, sometimes they're 30 minute episodes where we, we talk very freely and practically about a lot of the details behind some of these different topics. This week, we're going to be talking, like I said, through our own interval plan and explaining how we did that, what it looked like in the Sove Homestead here in the high summer of Utah. And we'd invite you to check that out. We also have some really great Feed the Patriarchy swag, mugs, t-shirts, Rosie the Riveter saying, what does it say? Uh, Oh, you're wearing it. Do your part, Feed the Patriarchy. You've got some cute stuff you're making. I also have a new mug coming up. So maybe by the time this is out, I will have been able to quality check it. And winter clothing. Yes. So we've got some great stuff there. Uh, head to the our website, which is in the description. And also, we'd invite you to join us there on Patreon and help support the show. And also get access to, at this point, I think 16, 15 or 16 episodes of that In the Kitchen podcast that we do. But in the meantime, may the Lord bless you and give you grace as you redeem the time. For the days are evil, and our days are numbered, and they're not promised tomorrow. We are like a vapor. We are ephemeral. We are like the the glory of the fields. But because of the Lord Jesus Christ, because of his grace to us, our time that is fleeting can actually make eternal impact in the kingdom of God. God in his grace has given us um, this gift of actually being able to participate in these things. And so uh, we hope that this episode and this season has been helpful so far and that it continues to be, Lord willing, as we go forward, in the rooms of the house. Hey, pretty soon we're going to be sharing with you details about season two, which we've been working on mapping out and getting ready for. We're going to change gears a little bit. And uh, we are looking forward to talking through that as well with you. So a little teaser there, but God bless you. We'll see you next time on Bright Hearth.